Morpheus is fighting Neo for the first time. Hello, and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and can only be your host, Jesse Kester, but I'm not alone. No, I should never be alone, and I'm not today, because I am joined by the one, the only, the illustrious... Thea Matre. Thea. Do, do you go by Thea, by Arsnick? I do go by Thea, but yeah, Arsnick is my uh, band name. How is it that the A made the cut, but none of the other vowels did? <laughs> well story is morpheus is done fighting neo yeah there's an actual story yes there is a story that I, completely undermines my smart ass oh no yeah <laughs> attitude yeah i mean it's kind of a boring thing but um i, I wanted, we got time i wanted originally to be called arsenic and lace but that already exists mm-hmm. and then it got shortened to arsenic and then um basically it, there's too many bands called arsenic so i was like well we'll just have to make it like cool and weird and this yeah. was not a concern for you that there were too many bands already called i know it was <laughs> that wasn't a red flag it was, it was totally um but i felt like there's just something about that word that really mm-hmm. resonated with what i was trying to do because arsenic and lace is uh i'm sure people know of, but it's basically um in the 18th or 19th century, uh, women would poison their husbands in cakes and by lacing arsenic into their cakes. Oh. That's how that term came about, arsenic and lace. I thought it was like doily lace. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now, why was this such a common thing? Because what? women were married uh, without loving their husbands, I guess. And so they, they were like quietly trying to kill them somehow because they were unhappy. And we, we will get into all of this. Let me set up the episode and yeah. then we'll, we'll get into yeah. the, to the, the murder plot. Um, there are some things I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Of course, I want to talk to you about Fierce Femme Sounds. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about invisibility on stage mm-hmm. uh, and how much that stressed me out and then didn't stress me out afterwards. We'll get into all that. Yeah. And um, uh, let's <clears throat> also, if we can, if we have time for it, let's talk about not charging for music. Oh, yeah. 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 You know what you yeah. did. You yeah. know what you right. did. Right. Yeah. But, I- think I get it yeah but before before mm-hmm. we get into all of that mm-hmm. uh, we do a little thing called five and five where I've got five questions you've got one minute to answer each one uh, that are you getting the five and five yeah. thing I explain yeah. it every time cool beans uh, you're gonna get beeps to let you know when your time is up that's not your enemy that's your friend because these are going to Instagram where we have a one minute limit anyway right, right, right. so uh, even if you right. don't stop talking your yeah. video will stop playing okay um, All right. Are you good? Are you ready? Are I'm you jazzed ready. and amped? Yep. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> and the beeps sound like. Question number one Where did you grow up and how did that inform your adulthood? I grew up in a little suburban town called Hartford in England, right next to London. Um, that informed my growing up because I was super, uh, like, impressed with London and I would spend all of my time there and would escape there as much as I possibly could. And, um, I moved there, uh, as quickly as I could, uh, you know, when I could get out of where I was. So, um, I feel like it informed everything I do really like London is like really underneath. What spoke to you about London? What was the, was the siren call? Well, it's funny you say siren. (laughs) I like the noise of it. I like the distress of London. I like the juxtaposition of ugly and beautiful, which I think London really encapsulates. Like it's dirty and gritty, but it's also astoundingly beautiful. 
I would love to know more. Yeah. But unfortunately, we must move on to question number two. <laughs> question number two. What is the must-engage media, the book, the album, the movie, the TV show that opened up your brain to the secrets of the universe? Wow. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. It's hard to say. I don't think there's one of anything for me. Um I am not religious, but maybe uh, a biblical text of some kind. Really? Yeah, maybe. I have very, very hippie parents. So, Old Testament, New Testament? Uh, probably New Testament. And also not, I'll preface, yeah, I'm not religious a lot, but um, there's something I'm fascinated with the unknown and kind of like what you can't see. So... Um, for one of trying to find a, a, a random poet who, oh, I also love Sylvia Plath, but I think anybody who knows me would kind of, un, yeah, understand uh -huh, that. Yeah, up. I know. <laughs> I'm going to give this a quick pause and tell you that I love watching people appreciate the Bible and then retreat from religion, like actively <laughs> refuse to. <laughs> so thank you for doing yeah. that. All right, question yeah. number three. Mm. What is the greatest source of joy in your life? Love of different kinds. Uh, love of my friends, love of my husband, love of my family and my little cat. <laughs> What's your cat's name? Pippi. Pippi? Pippi. That is, it, Pippi are, the kitty. No, not really. But just like. Related to Pippi Longstocking or just uh, well, she's a pip or what? Actually, I didn't give her that name, so I can't answer that question, okay. but she actually is called Pippa, but we just always call her Pippi. So we like to think, yeah, she's totally a relation of Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> um, humor, laughter as well. Mm -hmm. It gives me great joy for sure. I, 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 like, laughter. I like laughter too. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite things <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. Push come to shove. Yeah. If you can't laugh, then... What, what have you, you got do? left? Yeah. Like really, what have you got left? Yeah. I love I'm more. sorry for anyone on the listening who doesn't mm. have laughter. Uh, yeah. I didn't mean to marginalize you. Question number four. Mm -hmm. What gets under your skin? Um, pretentiousness and selfishness. Uh-oh. Yeah. This might not go so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think it's so funny that I live in LA, which is considered to be one probably the most pretentious place you could live. Mm -hmm. However, I found some really amazing and continue to find amazing people here. Um, but pretentiousness, just people trying to be something they're not. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just hate that kind of like people thinking they're too cool for other people, which happens a lot in the music industry and the arts in general. Um, um, but just, yeah. And like social exclusion, exclusion. I'm always really interested in, the underdog of I'm if the person that is in a room who's on their own, I'm like way more likely to go and sit and talk to that person than anybody else. I just, that's my thing. So I'd love to yeah. know more. I've actually yeah. got follow-up questions. Would you yeah. believe it? Yes. All right. Question number five, advice, advice, advice. What is the best advice you've received and what is the best advice you want to put out into the world? The best advice I've received Again, I'd say that's not one, but one of them was 
because I feel that I'm a storyteller and uh, originally I wanted to be a writer when I was younger and a friend of my family, he told me, an old wise man um, was like, I said, I, I wanted to be a writer and he was like, well, what are you going to write about? And he was like, well, you need to go out and, and live. And it's kind of cliche to say that, but it's absolutely the truth. Like you need to live as much as you can to have something to say. I can't have anything to say if I haven't like fully put myself into life in the mm -hmm. fullest sense. So um, I would say that was the best advice because I'm by nature kind of a shy person. So it forces me to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. What was the, There was a second part of that question. You had four seconds left. There's no, <gasps> no way you were getting to the Dad. second part. Uh, the second part of the quest question was... Um, oh, what do I want to put out into the world? Yeah, yeah. A message. Yes, your advice for other people. Um, similarly, live wildly and freely um, w without hurting anybody um, because we all have a short time here. So you might as well just do whatever the hell you want in a certain way. Yeah. You murdered five and five. <laughs> okay, cool. That was awesome. And okay. we have uh, we have celebration music just Yay. for you, if I can find it. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> my That's favorite awesome. part of the show. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Let's slow down a little bit. Let's talk about pretentiousness and selfishness. And as you were saying that, I had this thought that uh, would sound like an insult. And I think you will have the wisdom not to take it as such. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which any sentence, yeah. that's like the podcast version of I'm not racist, but <laughs> oh, like no. walking right yeah, into a right, disaster right, setup. Right, right. Um, no, it said, I, I, I look at your videos, I look at your stage shows, I look at the work you do, and it doesn't seem like you are concerned with the mm. opinions of others. Yes. Which sounds savagely condescending. Yeah. But I mean it as like a compliment in the way right. that Devo wasn't concerned with right. what other people thought about right. them. Mm -hmm. You, you can attain this this very high level of art mm. when you do it your, your your way or the the highway whatever mm. that didn't start strong it didn't end <laughs> strong but in the middle I think you got yeah, the the totally. gist of it yeah and there's no question in there so I'm gonna mm. shut my mouth and see what you do with that um thank you that's really I really appreciate your comment um I I would say at the bottom of everything that I am doing um, artistically, there is a sense of I'm trying to abandon myself, like get out of the way to just kind of, yeah. That's exactly the thing. Invisible yeah. on stage. Yeah. In, uh, so when I went I to shoot. I don't want attention in a way that a pop star wants attention. Like it's like a case of the opposite. When I went to shoot you at Fierce Femme Sounds. Yeah. I was in a cold panic for your entire performance because I was thinking is she gonna let me set it yeah. up for the audience is the stage was completely black and there was a projector running footage on your white nightgown yeah um <laughs> that's my wedding dress your wedding dress <laughs> dude I am it not is, batting a thousand is, on this it is it is a nightgown though it's like a it's like a, a thing I found in a vintage shop and it's it's literally a 1920s nightgown so anyway. you know the usual experience of mm. a photographer working with a musical artist. Yeah. The the first question on their mind is, what photos do you have of me mm. and which one looks the coolest? Right. 
so I'm sitting there thinking like, does she know <laughs> that if there's no light on her face, I can't yeah. give her photos of right. her face right. that she can put on her <laughs> social media. I was sweating mm. the entire performance, Aww. the entire photo finishing. And then when I got, when you wrote back and you're like, these are perfect. You can't see anything except <laughs> for yeah. my, my dress. Right. I know. The sweat immediately evaporated. So what, what is that impulse to leave yourself invisible on stage? That seems counterintuitive to a, a long and fruitful career in, in music. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I'm trying to honor the reason I got into music in the first place, which was not to be dark, but um, was from kind of a period of crisis. And I think that, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not doing music to show off and I don't, um, I mean, I, I, absolutely feel like it's my calling um but I I do it from a a place of necessity like mm -hmm. I feel that if I don't do it I don't feel well and um I so I guess the the the, the invisibility thing on stage is that I just uh, you know I'm happy to perform. I, I actually really do love the performance side of it but I almost want to be just like the ether. I would rather mm -hmm. just, I'd rather if it was possible to kind of like be a hologram somewhat or just so people could step through and experience um, without there being uh, like the personality of the person, that would be ideal. I, I just, I want there to be like ultimately just the connection is, you know, like most music artists say that, but. Um, I want to take myself out of the equation so that people have more of a hopeful immediacy with just the music and the experience um, rather than me and my personality on stage and me doing, you know, stupid dance moves and stuff like that. It's, it's uh, uh, a fascinating ideal mm. and a very cool disposition. Mm. So between those two things, I think it's understandable that we hear that, that sentiment echoed a lot in music like it's really about the music yeah. man if i can yeah. just talk to one person through my music but the right. reality is it's not often equal parts the music and the performer in fact sure. i feel it's often yeah. weighted in the favor of the performer yeah. that they're they're working on their reputation they're working mm. on their their image mm. more than they're maybe working on the music mm. sometimes but it, it, it I, I believe you I trust you because mm. you you walk the walk. Yeah, <laughs> you thanks. were very yeah. difficult to photograph. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so congratulations. That makes me feel good actually. I'm like, yeah, you I don't want to be easy to. I like, I'm a, um, you know, I think my my manager would would testify to this, but like, I'm not. Um, I begrudgingly, I do post pictures of myself, but it's begrudgingly. Like, mm -hmm. it's not something I'm comfortable with, and I would rather that people didn't even know my face personally. I just have no wish for people to know who I am. Like yeah. not, not that way. Like I'm, I, I do want the music to, to have, you know, hopefully just a resonance with people and connect with as many people as possible, but I'm not interested in people knowing me. But you've personally. also performed with the, the white hot lights on the performer and you yeah. can't see out into the audience. Like how yeah. does, how does your experience as a performer change between a, a show where you where the lights on you and you can't see out into the mm -hmm. crowd and the, when the lights not on you, I imagine mm -hmm. you can have some 
cognizance of of what the room is looking and feeling like. Um, that show, I don't think I could see people actually. I okay, because you still have a projector wasn't. blasting right yeah, at you. Right, that's going to kind of dominate right. your field of view, yeah. I suppose. But if I could even like wear a mask or something, that would be ideal. <laughs> like if I could kind of completely not have eye contact mm-hmm. that would be better i okay, don't so like i don't like having eye contact with people in in the in the audience it's not it's not something i'm interested in so what why do you know. get up on stage then <laughs> i i can understand why you'd make music but it seems yeah. like that that environment is very counter, counterintuitive to where yeah. you're most naturally yourself yeah. like what because what masochistic. calls to you about it really <laughs> is it that simple maybe <laughs> maybe there's a there's a um yeah, there's a there's a kind of like a again there's a necessity factor to it. Like I think that the awkwardness is part of the music too, and it comes from you know uh, wanting to be uh, just yeah, like you know not an entity that is. I Did think, you grow up feeling that way? Like not wanted? Because here's the mm. thing. Here's the puzzle on it. It doesn't feel like discomfort in your body. Like you seem, when I talk to you, when I'm around you, I feel like you're very comfortable in yeah. like yeah. exceedingly comfortable right. in who you are. Not, not mm. any particular discomfort, yeah. but was that your right. experience growing up as well? I think, um, I think that, you know, I mean, I've always wanted to be a performer and I've always like performed, uh, since I was like pretty young. And so, um, I think maybe I'm a little bit stuck in, uh, uh, a loop of, um, as we're talking about the matrix, uh, a loop of kind of my process of getting to the point of, uh, a good performance, um, is some form of anguish, I guess. Like, I don't know why it's very, like, I have to go through a process of catharsis that definitely does involve some pain. And like, Mm -hmm. it's not intentional. Like I'm not trying to make myself feel pain, but that's just how I, I make art and I have, yeah. How know. does that, what, what, what is the outward expression of that anguish? Mm. How do, how do you, is it, does it manifest as depression, anxiety, isolation? Like how do you, mm. how do you represent that in the physical world? You mean in my day-to-day life? Or, yeah, like leading yeah. up to a show when you start to feel that that anguish. And um, I, don't, I don't feel yeah. like we're talking about pre-show jitters right, right, or right, right. is the sound guy going to yeah. be on time? This sounds yeah. like something that, that runs like deeper. And, right. and Well, now I've got to a place where I personally feel that I, I mean, I trust my bandmates uh, and especially, you know, Jess, my keyboardist, um, because... I mean, Jessie's there everywhere doing doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. Um, I know that they get the message and the meaning and I, as a result, I don't concern myself with pre-show concerns because I just know that we're going to get there together and, mm-hmm. um, have it, have an experience together. So, um, it doesn't, it doesn't worry me. I mean, I, I would rather not talk to anybody before I go on stage. Like that for like an hour or a for, day or for, a year. Uh, <laughs> like all, all. How deep does this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I would say, 
mostly the the day of I would I would prefer to have not that much contact with people and then in the evening leading up to it it's just me and and the band and that's it you know and how long did it take for your husband to get used to this (laughs) well he's a musician too okay so he's more awkward than me okay so he (laughs) got it quick oh yeah okay good 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 but he's a seasoned pro I mean I think my I think he has more slickness in his performance than I do. Uh, but, 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 but you mentioned a crisis precipitating your desire to, yeah. to can, can I ask you about that? Sure. Knowing that you don't have to speak on any specifics. Yeah. It's just such a big word yeah. and so loaded. I'd love to know about the emotions yeah. behind that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm not ashamed. I was homeless actually. And I, uh, not homeless sh- in a good, comfortable street. way or oh, homeless no. in a bad, very, way. okay. Very uncomfortable because way. we did have a guest yeah. on who is home. She lives out of her car right. and is quite content yeah. to live out of her car. Like yeah. she's, she's in a good way, homeless. Right. right. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, mm. please. Yeah. I mean, I how know did that, that land? How did- um, I mean, I guess I had uh, super shock and disbelief for a long time because, I grew up in, in a very stable home and a stable environment. And I never really thought I would personally be someone that would, you know, very ignorantly kind of like have that kind of crisis. Like personally, I always thought, you know, I'm a hardworking person. I've always had jobs. I can always manage myself. And I was really surprised by it. And as a result of my surprise, I had this like shell shocked kind of experience where I feel that, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I never went to a doctor, but I'm pretty sure I had like post-traumatic stress for like a year and, you know, just had this, uh, so it's like you lost your job and then lost your apartment or, uh, yeah. Well, How so, old are we talking? Uh, like 18, 20? No, no, I was like mid twenties. Um, and, uh, I, that's, that's yeah. Yeah. Uh, by mid twenties, you're like, yeah, I got this yeah, shit. I can got, pay my exactly. rent. I can, I can know how yeah. to get an apartment yeah. and get yeah. to work. And- right. It was actually around the time where the war, the economic crisis that happened. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I'd actually gone back to school. I did a master's that I probably shouldn't have done and was a bit confused about why I was doing it. But just, What was the master's in? Well, it was in history of art and archaeology. Okay. Um, so I am Indiana Jones. No, just mm-hmm. was, um, that, was that like to be a hobby or were you thinking like this is a career path? No, I was doing it because I wanted to be a curator and work in. Oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. But I also was doing it because I, I'm fascinated with the origin of art. So mm-hmm. I wanted to like look at ancient art and try and find like the messages. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like I love philosophy of art. I'm just fascinated with it. Um, so it was a fascinating um experience but it was useless like it didn't give me yeah yeah yeah. any job yeah you know I was basically with people who were just doing it because they had money and time and just yeah you know it didn't lead anywhere I was in a school I was I was conflicted too because right up until the day that I started school I actually was considering doing a different master's program that would have been um, international politics. And so, like, I just, I've always had this, maybe I have, like, a guilt complex or something, but I had this, um, should I do art or should I, like, try and dedicate my life to, I wanted to work, I did work in aid agencies for a bit. And so um, I was confused, which probably didn't help the process. Mm -hmm. And then 
Um, master's degrees in the UK are only over nine months. So it's a really, really intense program. Um, it was really hard on my brain mm-hmm. and, um, I just couldn't cope. And like I had, I did have an apartment with this girl and she was just a nightmare, like a nightmare in terms of just being, she was, I'm sorry, it's not even swearing, but she was a complete bitch. And like mm-hmm. it, um, it threw me and I really rather, I don't know whether it was wisely or unwisely. I mean, basically you are a sum of your experiences. So I don't even regret that happening to me because I think that it gives me a different perspective on life. Um, but, uh, as a result of that, that stressful situation, then I found myself like homeless and yeah. So. Where are your parents? Are they not like, are you reaching out to them or are you like, I can't, put this on them right, right now. Like right. It's, it's so overwhelming. Well, so they were having blind. their own crisis at okay. the time, okay. um, which is kind of a bit more complicated, but brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Family stuff. Okay. Uh, I, I have a brother and a sister and, okay. and um, you couldn't reach out to them. No, was it that yeah. thing where you're just like, I, I am of so low value. I shouldn't reach. They don't deserve to be burdened mm, with my problems mm, kind of thing. It wasn't that it was, oh, okay. it was more case of they couldn't help me because they were very preoccupied with this, their own crisis. Okay. Okay. I don't want to. Oh no, no, it's in. fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm open, open about it. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, and, and basically I bounced around, uh, just like, you know, without a permanent home for a year and mm-hmm. like um, couch to couch or- pretty much. Yeah. Um, and, uh, put myself in situations that I wouldn't have, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried living in, uh, I kind of like shut myself off from my family for a a while and I didn't speak to them for a good long time, uh, apart from an aunt who doesn't even live in the country. But um, I was really disappointed in them and in their inability to to take care of me when I was having a crisis. And, you know, that developed, yeah, like this very stressful, you know, I can only describe it as post-traumatic, stress um and sleep paralysis and like I had these like very intense physical reactions at the time um and as a result of all of these things that's where the music came from in me I never grew up wanting to be a singer in my whole life or to write music in fact my brother writes music and I just never thought it was it wasn't a calling to me when I was a kid. I mean, I mm-hmm. l- enjoyed singing. I never thought it was good enough, but I was never, was never like my calling. Um, and then when I became, uh, when I had this really hard time, the only thing that basically calmed me down, uh, was singing and I wasn't doing it for any other reason. It just was the only thing that worked. And after, you know, some time I just realized when I got, you know, when things became more stable that it just slowly took over my life and was something that was like, like asking, asking something of me to, Mm -hmm. to, to make music. And I, and then I just, I feel like as a result of that, uh, that's why I feel like I have to kind of honor my experience a bit and like, or I feel that, you know, I don't feel like I'm a slave to that, but that's where it comes from. 
Well, it's yeah. interesting that we are like kind of slaves to our past mm. and we very much are yeah. in service of, of everything that came before us in our, in our hearts and memories. Yeah. Um, there's no question in there, just a, a, a repeating mm. the beat of that thought. Mm, mm. So do you couple yeah. up in, do you meet your husband in England or is that over in America? Like when do you, when do you make the leap across the pond? <laughs> um, I met him here. I, we met, um, Six years ago, we uh, we actually met in LA. I, at the time, I had been living in San Francisco, and I moved. I was trying to move to LA, and then um, literally, I, I after a couple of weeks of living in LA, I met him. And then he's from from Canada, from Montreal. Mm-hmm. So uh, we left. We lived in France and then England for a bit, and then back in Canada and we did the back and forth thing for a bit. And then eventually we just decided to permanently, you know, try and give it a go in, in America. And then that's how we ended up here. So, yeah. What was your first home like after that stint, after that, that like you got an apartment or, um, eventually I got an apartment. Um, like a friend had a room or like what? No, eventually I got an apartment because I eventually got a job in a bookstore <laughs> and um, where I felt like one of my ancestors was haunting me in this bookstore. Anyway, whatever, that's a whole other story for another time. No, 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 uh, no, no. Yeah, I want to um, know about your ancestor that's haunting uh, you in a bookstore. Um, well, I feel like I would walk around, you know, part of my job was to replace the books. And mm-hmm. every time I would walk around to the section where some of his books were, they would like, I swear they would fall like out from the hold bookshelf. Hold up, hold up. So you're, one of your ancestors is a published author that has multiple books yeah. in a bookstore. Yeah, yeah. Any yeah. Anyone we would know, um, knowing that I'm like an ignoramus? Oh, it's um, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson who wrote Kidnapped and Dr. Jekyll and Miss Die mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and all that, that kind of stuff. So um, he also wrote some really cool, weird, esoteric poetry, but... Um, not, pe- not a lot of people know that, but it makes so much sense. But um, to me, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, his books would just, I feel like they were like, they just kept appearing to me, you know, mm-hmm. in the bookstore and like falling off the bookshelves and stuff. And probably I was making too much of it because I was also going through this weird time. But um, I just Was remember. there ever a time you weren't going through a weird time? <laughs> I, know, I, feel, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I hope people don't think I'm this dark character. I'm actually no. a, a sunny, I feel like I... I Love laughter and I love laughing, but oh no, you said that at the yeah. top of the show. Yeah, that they can't remember that long ago. Like Thirty minutes, and that's on them. That's not on you, right? Um, but I guess I also feel that I don't. I've never been someone that that sugarcoats the truth. No, no, no. And I just don't believe in that. And I I do feel that it's in my nature to just hold up a mirror to life and be like, "This is life. This is what's going on." And like, I think that's how we learn and how we grow um so you know I don't yeah I'm not in the nature of just like stuffing things under a rug let's talk about that mirror for for a minute can we yeah yeah sometimes that mirror manifests as a bath full of milk and flowers oh yeah (laughs) yeah can can you what yeah Mm. Am I supposed to be understanding this funhouse mirror or is it, uh, 
Is it just um, supposed to sink in and and well, you let it be what it is? Like, like, how do you come to these ideas? And what do they? <laughs> you don't have to talk about what they mean to you or what they're supposed to mean to the audience. But like, what? Yeah. Where does this come from? So I guess a lot of my music. Again, I think it's so funny. I was just reasserting to people that I'm a happy person, but I think a lot, I do have a lot. What was your favorite Christmas present? Do we need to go (laughs) much, much lighter for a while? Um, My favorite Christmas present was a bike, a bicycle. That's not a bad one. Yeah. I was a super tomboy when I was a kid. So anything that involved like activity was good, was a good present. Um, but yeah. I didn't get any darkness from the milk bath flower. Oh yeah, scene. That it's not a dark. It's not a dark thing. It's just that it's uh, kind of talking about rebirth and um, just this concept that you know we all can be gods and mm-hmm. are we gods? And again, it's like a question of like I'm curious with you know not death per se, but just um, that that like precipice of of life and what's before or after and like the unknown. Um, and, uh, so basically, uh, to me that manifests a lot in water and in, um, explorations of, of water and and the themes of water. And I just, I find water really inspiring. I always have. Um, I, yeah. So the reason why it, it, it is this milk bath is, uh, partly to kind of imitate like, being born mm-hmm. <laughs> and partly to imitate maybe not being alive too. And then, and how that connects to what we consider to be what God is or, or gods. And um, so, you know, God child is, is an exploration of the power that we have that we don't know about, you know, and that we can all be, we can all be God. And it's, yeah. Did you grow up with the Bible? Was that like force fed or not, not at really? Because no. I'm getting a sense of spirituality, even though you retreated from right adhering yeah. to anything in the right. Bible. Right. Well, my parents uh, were in a cult, and Ooh. yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I'm, I, I, it all I, makes sense now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not supposed to take much umbrage on this show, but a cult is just a religion <laughs> yeah, that's know. got a few people. Oh, like for sure. Christianity was a cult. Absolutely. Judaism was a cult. Right. Every religion, every major religion. And I sit, like, I go to church and they do communion and it just looks like people eating croutons to me. Like, (laughs) to them it means the world. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so fundamentally a part of what they do. Right. But if you don't buy into the cult, Mm -hmm. it is just people eating croutons slowly. Right. Um... No question in there again. Man, no, I, I love my job. I know, I know. I agree with you. Um, so what was the cult? Like, what was... I, I, I hesitate to use that word. It feels so oh, yeah. marginalizing. Oh, no, yeah. But, well, they wouldn't even call it a cult. They have no, their own no. names. But, you know, um, first of all, like, it was... I didn't grow up in that cult because they're very secretive and I didn't even know that they were like involved <laughs> for a really long time. They are... They're secret of people, and um, I frame religion in the same way that I frame any animal. Like, are they gonna survive under Darwinism? <laughs> and religions that forbid reproduction or letting other people know don't feel like they have a Darwinian chance. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they're not like recruiting. The Mormons are out yeah. day and night Getting trying to find people. new members, and they're having like 
15 babies each or whatever. That, uh, sorry, Mormons. I yeah, know you're not. That's true. But, but that's, a, that's a religion that, that under Darwinism looks like it'll be doing pretty good in a right. hundred years. Yeah. What, what, I don't understand the logic between, behind religions that forbid, uh, um, mission work and reproduction. Right. Right. Did you ever talk to them about this? Can um, we get your parents on? Uh, yeah, they they hate talking about. When did this. you find out about it? And did mm. they did they did they grow out of it? Mm, they apparently haven't been involved for quite a while, but who knows? I mean, like I said, they're kind of secretive. Okay. 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 I'll, um, but I'll let it rest. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm. I find it fascinating too. I think that um, it just seems illo- illogical. The fa- yeah. my fascination is with yeah. the 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 genetic unlikeliness of this right. cult surviving. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I mean, they. So they always meditated, um, and so they had like a meditation room and. When I grew up, that was weird in that that just wasn't that like mainstream. It is yeah, kind of yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a time when that was it freaky was deaky fringe. Weird. Yeah. You know, and friends now, would come around and be like, what are your parents doing? That's strange. Um, but. Um, Have you ever done like a 30 minute, one hour, just sit oh, in silence? Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 There's um, tremendous value to it. Oh, this, yeah. this cult doesn't sound that well, bad so far. It always so is bad at the far. beginning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Basically, that's what they would do. And then, uh, you know, they would go off like and like spend weekends and stuff doing stuff that I didn't know about. And then when I was around 17, I guess, I just like got uh, very curious and started asking them a ton of questions. And eventually they just uh, they gave me a book and I read that book and I loved that book. And I still think it's a great book. Um, And then as, as a result of that, I just like asked more questions and they gave me more books and I just slowly got interested in, in like, uh, in finding out as much as I could about what, you know, what they were doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is a strange organization. It's kind of, it is, um, very much rooted in more like mysticism and, Mm -hmm. you know, there is definitely like a, uh, a kind of Eastern underpinning to it. Um, however, like all things like that, there's inevitably power struggles and people in charge and all of that stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> Strange though the religion may have been, mm. how often do you hear about 17 year olds, um, actively wanting to be more involved in their parents' <laughs> spiritual life. That's not the usual I know, narrative. I know. But that's because they were so secretive about it. Yeah. They'd be like... Oh, it was the forbidden wanna, fruit yeah, to pull from another like, religion. They were like, well, you're, you know, it's our path. Like, like you know, as if we weren't involved or invited, you know. It was kind of like a... That's a really yeah. wild religion. Yeah, that it, is, is, it definitely is a bit wild. Yeah. I, yeah. I, just genetically, I don't know how it would survive. Right. I don't understand the logic behind yeah. I organizing don't know if it your... Is, I don't know if it is surviving. I mean... It can't. It can't. Yeah. If, if they're right. not allowed to do mission work and <laughs> force feed it to as many people right. as possible, right? it's just not likely. Well, there were, uh, there were definitely a new batch of people who were involved who were younger and stuff, but... You know, I 
And it is mostly because of their parents, but it, it's not like pushed upon people to join or like yeah. get involved, you know. But um, was there yeah. any downside? Like cults have this kind of feeling of like that that they're going to be exploited for their money or oh, yeah. for their self worth right. or right. Was there any? Yeah. Did you ever see that? Uh, I the downside to me seemed to be a the the power struggle and then b the. Uh, crazy ideas that they had about stuff <laughs> that are a little bit crazy. You know, it's my make, job to yeah. say what kinds of crazy <laughs> ideas do they have about what stuff. Um, it's also my job to remind you that we have a bell sitting in the middle yeah, of the table and you're I'm allowed good. out at any That's point. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, crazy ideas. Well, it's just too interesting. I mean, yeah. this is the gossip side mm. of me that's oh, asking, no. not the journalist <laughs> side. Um, so crazy ideas. Um, I mean, that's again, it's kind of rooted in the secretiveness of it in that. Um, it's, You're not giving me much arsenic. Well, I know. Well, so it's like written in. You, when you read the books, there's stuff that happened and was talked about that suggests that, you know, that people basically can be psychic and mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's a there's a development of a another side of us that we don't know about and that we're um the biggest concept about it which i don't think is a bad concept but is that you know man is is asleep like literally walking asleep we're living in a dream kind of like mm-hmm. the matrix basically mm-hmm. and we need to wake up and that's basically the premise for this organization is that they try to wake you up from in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and but waking up doesn't mean living, doesn't mean leaving this world that we're in right now. It means engaging yes. in a more correct way right. spiritually, this yes. world that we're in. Yeah. Okay. Being okay. More present, I guess, yeah. if yeah. you want to yeah. call yeah. it yeah. something. But y- yeah. I am still not seeing the crazy <laughs> in all of this. <laughs> I. Do you um, not feel tuned into the psychic world at all? Oh, I do, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. That's why I think it is like a... Because you seem to be the type of person who would be into tuned it. into the psychic world. Right, yeah. Unintentionally, like, I feel like my 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 parents, my mother especially, has a, uh, a weird fascination with, the, like, ghosts and paranormal mm-hmm. stuff and always has, and... Um, I think that, you know, we're, uh, is any of your family out here or are you the only one who, who made it to LA? I'm the only one. Okay. Yeah. They're all over in London. Does Um, that ever get lonely or are we old enough now that it's like, and I don't just mm. mean, I I didn't mean that as like a, we're looking late today, aren't we? I mean, (laughs) me too. (laughs) I'm wondering if I'm getting to that point where it's, uh, no, I'm not lonely. I feel blessed to have some fantastic friends and my husband and they feel like family to me and Mm -hmm. you know so no I'm never lonely really I talk to my my parents all the time so there's not like yeah no homesickness really no then what okay let's talk fierce fam sounds for a minute okay cool yeah. How did that get started? How long ago did that? How 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 early of an adopter am I? Am I coming in early, or has it been going on a long yeah, time? Yeah, you are. You Hot are, diggity! Totally, I love yeah, hearing yeah, that. Yeah, you you came in. We had done uh, three shows by mm-hmm. when you came in, um, and I guess it started again from. I was having a conversation with my friend Meg, who runs it with me, um, and basically I was just 
saying, I was talking about my frustration as a woman in the music industry and how I just feel like there's not enough being done to support and promote women in music and that it's very hard to get ahead and it's very hard to be taken seriously. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, um, I wanted to provide a platform that, um, showcases, you know, like women's talent in music. And, uh, really that's, that's like my main, um, goal. Um, Would you be so kind as to explain to our listening audience what Fierce Femme Sounds is? How, yeah. What does it manifest like? So Fierce Femme Sounds is a music showcase um, that happens at various venues around Los Angeles. And we put on a night where it's female fronted bands and female musicians. Um, and we're pretty selective in uh, the people we choose, not again out of some pretentiousness, but more just, we just want it to be about the talent and like, well, you're curating yeah. a show. Yeah. Like, you have a job yeah, to do right while you're also yeah trying to advance right uh, women in music's career right like you got to entertain the audience yes. while you're at it yeah exactly um and ultimately i also uh endeavor to bring in as many industry people as i can to those showcases so mm-hmm. that it's literally an opportunity for those uh female bands playing so that it's not just they're just playing another show and like into the ether that something good could happen for them yeah, as a result yeah, yeah um yeah. because i think that's also another trap in la the music scene the underground music scene of like emerging bands have a trajectory that seems to stop at a certain point and like Mm -hmm. unless that band or that person gets to the next point which is you know looks like a record deal or something of that nature um a lot of people just drop off the face of the planet and i think it's very hard as you know independent musicians um to kind of reach that next cornerstone and i feel like part of that problem is just because the gap between industry folk and musicians and like really serious talent is just too vast and too big and i feel like that's part of our responsibility if you work in the music industry and you know i mean you don't have to but i do i just think that it is if you care enough to want to resolve it then you should do try to do something about mm-hmm. it so that's like where that impetus comes from um you know and also just you know having one guy one time after one of my shows question like was he was super surprised that I'd written everything and I was like why because I'm singing you think I didn't you know so I mean I'm not judging him for that well I am but um uh also I was like well that would never happen to my husband no one would ever and has never and would never go up to him and be like did you write all those songs like wow that's really impressive that you wrote all those songs yourself like there's there's a certain (laughs) yeah condescension to it yeah it totally and uh well that's a that's a that's a word that I would also use in terms of like, um, we went to some events, uh, me and, and my husband, uh, music events and uh, more than one occasion, I felt like just like the person on his arm. And it wasn't mm-hmm. for me one of trying to get into the conversation, but it was more like just the, not taken seriously or not. Like, isn't she cute? She's yeah, here or, with the real yeah, one. Right. Like, what are you doing? Like there was just no, Yeah. And I found that very frustrating because I have never, you know, my dad and my mom, but my dad more in that he, he's always, he's a very smart uh, entrepreneur and like, he's never once given me any question to any reason to question my, my accomplishments need to be based on my gender. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like I was 
I'm happy, you know, as a woman, but I'm saying I was brought up like with male beliefs so that I could do whatever I wanted as long as I work hard and I believe in it. Um, and so I've never been, I would say I've never been outwardly, uh, uh, like I think people don't outwardly come out with, with sexist comments to me, but I definitely feel like examples like that have happened a lot, like inadvertently. Um, and I just, I want to do something about that because I don't think it was clearly not fair because women just don't have the same opportunities as men yeah. in music specifically. Like, well, that just, that makes the, like at the, at the top, we were talking about your kind of your singular, uh, unique approach to all of it and how mm. it's totally not, not traditional. And it's really not ideal for the current models that we're in for like, yeah. you know, you need the Instagram followers to yeah. hit a number before people will pay attention yeah. and the Twitter followers to be, and that I, I would say that that makes it like kind of doubly impressive knowing that you're already paddling against the current as a woman <laughs> mm. and um, as a man. One of my biggest frustrations with the social media landscape is how easy it is for women to put on a low cut top, post a selfie a day yeah. and hit their 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 yeah. quota. Yeah. So uh, it's really encouraging uh, it's it's a relief to to talk to somebody who's mm. actively swimming against that current oh, and also yeah. actively swimming against like a, a bunch of currents at right. the same time. And wouldn't you know what you're doing a thing that's worth doing and is getting traction? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So I, like for anyone listening who's maybe feeling like they're swimming against the current, mm. I, I hope they find like a little bit of of solace in mm. in this and kind of take the time to dig through your your online archives, which are for free. Are <laughs> you are aware that you have entire albums that you just click play and you can hear the I whole know. thing? <laughs> yeah. I Has know. your manager brought this to your attention yet? Um. <laughs> Yeah, um I'm actually I'm being facetious. I think everybody yeah. should be engaging that model cuz mm. obviously all music is free right, right now. Right, and right. the people who are paying are the ones who want to support you directly. Yeah. Like and the, the quickest way to get more fans is to let them yeah. try before they buy. So I think I yeah. think you are very much on the right track. Of all mm. the things in your business model. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I have a business model. That's the thing, but it's probably my that's, example. No, that's I the, don't think I have an agenda. But, but that your art is so mm. Uh, like an antithetical aesthetic mm. that it, it is aggressively, I'm going to hide my face on stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've pl- plucked through your music videos. You're not in a lot of them. It's yeah, not. Yeah. And that's uh, the, 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 the kind of the, the, the person who's got this podcast mm. and is trying to get it mm. going and get more traction with it mm. is looking at you going like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, but then the part of like that same me is like, no, she's got it exactly right. Mm. The music should be free. The mm. art should be about the visuals. Mm. And th- she's like nailing it time and again and time and again. And, uh, well, I dare say you've Thank inspired you. me a little bit. Oh, thanks. Yay. Um, I, uh, there's an artist I love. I'm going to let you answer this and then I'm giving you the show. How does that sound? Okay. I'm not sure what to do with it, but that doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> You're way overthinking okay. it already. Um, uh, my insecurities come out when I'm put on the spot, but um, there's an oh. artist I yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, there's an opportunity right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I could needle this for <laughs> a while. Um, um, uh, I love this artist called Chelsea Wolf. I don't know if you've heard of her. 
she is... That was the sound of my pen clicking um, as I write down yeah. Chelsea Wolf. Yeah, she is amazing. Um, and when she first started out performing, she had intense stage fright and she would wear a veil covering her face, like a funeral mm-hmm. veil or a wedding veil, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, and she, and then, and at some point, I believe she actually would sing with her back to the audience. Um, and I love that. I love that for so many reasons. It's not just about that she was obviously trying to deal with her stage fright, but I'm just like, why do we need... Like, on the, on the one hand, the thing is, is that randomly when I go and see music performances myself I do like to see someone's face yeah 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 yeah, it's fun and like I love to see the emotion in somebody's face and in their eyes um but I I I just I love that she like kind of covers herself like that I think that there's something mystical about it and fascinating and weird but cool and um that's yeah that's just something that really resonated with me um so yeah do you know the comedian mitch hedberg no notorious stage fright he would wear his hair in front of his face and these glasses these big big old glasses and uh, couldn't handle the audience but one of the best comedians in the history of the format i am so sick of hosting (laughs) okay (laughs) morpheus is fighting fighting neo Neo for the the second time time. first time (laughs) (laughs) do i speak now really there's still music you just okay um this is your show i I am your guest okay uh I want to ask you about these pine cones. You certainly may. Yeah. Well, so this morning I was talking about sleep paralysis and I was talking about um, how, what if sleep paralysis is really alien abduction? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, what if all that time you think you're half awake you actually are and like Mm -hmm. all that crazy stuff's going on in your head you're part of a dream but like what if you really are just like somewhere else in and like I also I'm pretty fascinated with the dream world I had very 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 vivid visual dreams um that kind of play out in my head like movies um and I'm often not in my own dreams. We got to go back to this. Oh, wait, I'm not hosting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> questions okay. about sleep paralysis okay. <laughs> and alien abduction. <laughs> well, it just came to me this morning. I was like, oh, there was a time where I had a sleep paralysis and I woke up and I thought I saw some weird lights in my room. And um, now I'm thinking, I mean, I don't think I've been abducted by aliens, but I'm just like, but it could be. I mean, who knows, right? If well, it's let's possible. Expand, let's expand the concept of abduction and expand the concept <laughs> of aliens to the point that this can be true. Right. No, but but what if what if the because the pine cones make me think of extraterrestrials? Oh, okay. This is where this is coming from. Okay, okay. So there is a through line. Very, very weird. They don't look real at all. They look like you made them. No, 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 no. Those are absolutely up at, up at, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give away. I don't want to blow up my spot, but the, um, Mount Wilson observatory, I love going up there and tromping around and seeing almost all of LA County from one point. Um, but, 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 but you kind of like, you might've unlocked something that, that 
that we are when we talk about alien abductions, we're so hung up on you know a, a light beam that sucks you up into a UFO. Right. And, but what if what if it were more like an an, an essential abduction? Mm. Like the the parts of your brain and your soul could be removed from your body okay. in a way that would disconnect you from controlling your yeah. body. Does that make sense yeah. at all? Yeah. And that would leave you in a state of paralysis. Like yeah. you're you're missing that the 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 connection between your core self mm-hmm. and your physical self mm. has been severed. Mm-hmm. And the common the common interpretation of abduction is your physical self gets abducted. But what if your core self was instead? And that is why your physical self is in such a state. Right. Yeah. And also come to think of it, that kind of might explain uh, like past life syndrome where people think they have past lives. Like maybe. Do you feel like you have a past life or is this it? Um, because I'm telling question. you right here and now, this is it. <laughs> I don't have past lives. I will not have future oh, well, lives. Well, well, like that's part Done. of the crazy cult saying is that some of them do believe in reincarnation, but then not everybody gets reincarnated. Okay, I'm in so. the not everybody category, <laughs> and I can tell you that right now. But don't you think that some people seem to have... Uh, some people just seem to get life on an essential level, on a spiritual level, without even being spiritual, you know? Like, I mean, I would even say my my husband, who is arguably atheist or agnostic, mm-hmm. is, you know, um, but he is an old soul mm-hmm. and he just gets people. And, you know, whether you want to call that empath or whatever, but just I do some not. people, Thank you for- I know, I hate that word. <laughs> I hate that word. I feel like no. it's a new age word that people use. And I'm like, what just because people understand sympathy, it's not the same thing. No, no, no. But I'm, yeah. I'm going to whisper this so mm. the empaths mm. can't hear it. But all I hear when people say that is, "I am burdened by my genius for understanding others." <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. And um, I won't say any more on mic about that. I agree with you. Um, however, I just do think there's sometimes people who just seem like they. Like they're just like old souls, you know, like kind of got some, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to I don't, describe. I don't, I don't disagree with the use of that nomenclature. Mm. I, I, I take that as shorthand, mm. but look, let's be honest. I could spend every day in the gym and I would never have a Schwarzenegger at his peak body. <laughs> like he just was built right. beefier than right. I could ever be. Right. I could ever make myself. Yeah. Um, some people can have sex three times a day Mm -hmm. and wish there was a fourth. And some people only want to have sex once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like we, we, we consider these to be grand swaths of the human experience when I see it more as like adjusting the needle between seven and 7.2. Um, and that, that old soul is like a, uh, 7.2 on the solometer, yeah. right? Where the average person is a seven and mm-hmm. uh, doofus is a 6.8 or whatever. Right. It, right. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, yeah. I don't feel like these are huge sweeping changes yeah. that are being made to the EQ. Right. Um, and, and I like, I, I don't disagree with that term mm. old soul. Mm. Like I, I, it, it works. Mm. It's shorthand for, mm. for, for in my mind. Mm. 
And I'm not trying to disparage your husband. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) He's never offended by anything. But yeah. um, That sounds like a challenge. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He's, yeah. Anyway. um, (laughs) Wait, was he at Fierce Femme Sounds when I was there that night or not? He played. He plays. He doesn't always play, but he played with my band. He's the guitar player. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Was he out the night when... I am so happy yeah. because I bump yeah. into Vixen and yes. and Katie yeah. frequently, right? And we get a photo for the Schminstas. Yeah. But yeah. now, when I bump into them, I might also bump into you. Yes, and all four of us I together know. can get a photo. Woo. Isn't that a delight? Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, they're both awesome people. Um, um, I don't remember what we were talking about before, but other than extra, that's okay. I'm more interested yeah. in what we're going to talk about next. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I love not posting this show. (laughs) It's like my favorite thing. (laughs) So sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Um, Have you always experienced that? Oh, I shouldn't be asking questions. I should be answering them. Yeah. When did it start? No. um, I guess I've always had in. I've had intense. I sleep really well now, but uh, as a kid, I had terrible insomnia for years. Like probably from the age of ten to the age of. 17 or something like Mm -hmm. that um and so I had a lot of very sleepless nights so I've always had a weird connection with sleep um now I have a very chilled out connection with sleep and sleep really easily um and uh yeah the sleep paralysis just kind of crept up on me I guess um we moved into a new house when I was a teenager and then I just started having like weird yeah like experiences do you have any control like blinking or talking or i think i've woken up and stared at the ceiling that kind of thing where i Mm -hmm. can't move so but no to my knowledge no no control nothing you can't change the pace of your breathing or anything like that yeah and this morning i was fascinating because i was uh uh i was we were talking about this and um my sister-in-law was saying that uh, apparently one of the pillars of sleep paralysis is like knocking on a door. You hear like a knocking and I have had that for sure. Like, Wait, so somebody knocks on the door while you're sleeping? Yes, but your you think body it's locks real. Up? Yeah. So you wake up and you can still hear the knocking. It's really creepy. So it's sort of like you're like awake but not, but you hear someone knocking on your door, um, but there's nobody there. Is is your husband aware and is there any in-house protocol for this, like <laughs> that he can help you or? Um, well, I don't have it anymore. Okay. Okay. So I don't have, I don't have problems with it anymore. Um, I think it just, it manifested itself differently in that now I just have really vivid dreams, but. Were you ever yeah. coupled at the time? Like would, would you prefer your partner to be holding you through sleep paralysis or? To- um, <laughs> uh, mm, who I'm not sure that it ever happened when he was around. It might have been. I definitely had a phobia about of doors for a while, like, because because of this knocking thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to feel like the door is properly shut. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't, yeah, yeah. Whatever reminds you about the worst thing that happens to you regularly, <laughs> yeah. you're going to have a distaste so for totally. it. It's not illegitimate yeah, at all. Yeah, like it's uh, a phobia of mine, I guess. So yeah, doors. Yeah, I think maybe maybe at the beginning when we got together, I still had a little bit of a like, I don't feel comfortable. Um, 
like where if you would go to sleep before me, I would feel nervous. Cause really? I, yeah. Cause I guess I'm scared or something. I'm like that scared child. You just never grew up and just, just carried on being scared by everything. Dude, we yeah. are all that scared child who grew <laughs> right. up and never got past being right. scared of things. Right. That's right. like 100% of the right. living population. Yeah. But do you, um, do you, yeah. Are you getting closer to not scared? I'm more at peace with your fear. <laughs> well, I choose to ignore it, I guess, is okay. in I choose to not participate in it, but I'm not, I'm not also pushing it under the rug or else I wouldn't be talking about it. But yeah. like, I don't have, I, I have a good, uh, I think I'm in a good place. So I just don't, I don't, I think that those things come up to me when I'm like really stressed out. I have white knuckled every flight since I was like 20 years old. Right. I have come to peace with my fear. I still white knuckle, mm-hmm. but I know like, okay, when I get on, I'm going to be convinced I will die. Mm-hmm. The entire time we're in the air, I am going to be convinced right. that I'm on the brink of death right. and I, the feeling won't stop until like I, you can be at peace with yeah. your fears. Right. I agree. And they can still consume you mm-hmm. as you're experiencing them. Yeah. But I actually am really scared of flying too. So I feel you on that one. I grew up not being scared of planes at all. And then like, in my adult life, I just, I don't know. I developed this sense of, yeah, this, this kind of impending doom when you get on a plane and you're like, Ugh. it started, it started hitting me when I started wanting to live for things. Like when mm. I was younger, I, I was mm. very close to the brink a lot of the time. And, mm. and every time I got on, I was like, maybe this, maybe I'll get mm. out. Mm-hmm. This will be great. If right. this thing goes down, I'm done. Yeah. I don't yeah. have to do anything. Right. But now I've got a wife, I've got a life, I've got friends. Yeah. uh, And I'd rather not go down in a ball of flames if it's all the same (laughs) in the universe. I think it's more the fear of the pain, physical pain, than the reality of, 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 you know, life ending than that is more terrifying personally it's that the physical process. pain of the crash yeah it'll be instantaneous you're gonna be That's what liquefied yeah i mean there's the, the three one minutes wasn't. <laughs> there's a three minute descent where everyone is anyway <laughs> lovely yeah i know i hope if i'm in that situation i have the presence of mind mm. to unbuckle my seatbelt and like pretend to swim around the the cabin <laughs> before we land oh yeah i have a ocd on flights where i i have to pray and i'm not religious but like i pray i always pray do you remember to say thank you when the plane touches down probably yes you better you better yeah, i know yeah no yeah i think i'm pretty sure i do but like I outwardly pray, like it's not internal in my head. Like I look like I'm oh, a crazy Oh, I hope you do person. it the whole time and you're <laughs> semi-vocal the whole, the whole flight. I <laughs> try. <laughs> I look like that. That's how I look. That's how I look. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm sure some I'm people gonna are like. I'm going to get you rosary beads for Christmas <laughs> and you can take them. And I full on do that. Really? Oh, Yeah. I Wait, totally do that. I don't care if people. You know, it doesn't count me. if I, you don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in that instant, I believe it. Okay. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's my little OCD. You pattern. wonder, you wonder why God has floods and and <gasps> things like that. It's because right. of the fair weather faith givers <laughs> like you. <laughs> yeah, who I, cross their chest when when something's in it for them. Right. Yeah. No, it's funny. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You ready? Yeah. Oh, cool. Do it. Oh, I pick one. Yeah, yeah. You okay, get the cool. first. You get the first pick. For heaven's sake, you'll do first. Whee. I'll do second. Uh, there are no rules. If you want to ask me, if you want to answer it yourself, whatever. <laughs> oh boy, what'd you get? How would? 
Uh, how would you like to die? How would you like to die? I... In my sleep, peacefully. <laughs> but not during paralysis. No. In my sleep, peacefully, just nodding off as like a 97-year-old woman. I've got my plan for when I die. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I want to have everybody in, you know, loved ones will be in the hospital room yeah. with me. And, you know, the doctors will let them know that this is probably it's going to come to an end. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to do this mm-hmm. joke. And I guarantee <laughs> you, if I have the presence of mind, I will do it. Uh-huh. I'm going to look at, you know, my my wife and our kids and grandkids. And maybe we'll even have great grandkids by then. Who knows? Mm. And I'll, this is what I'm going to say. Are you ready? I'm going to say, I'm, I'm so happy you are all here. I'm so overjoyed to spend this time with you. And there's nothing... That would bring me more joy. I'm, I'm ready to cross over. I'm ready to leave. I love you all. I'm so glad for the life you gave me. And nothing would brighten my day more than just singing my favorite song with me. And if you could all, if we could hold hands and just sing this one song together. And then I'm going to sing one million bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> and prolong my death for as long as I can. Oh, oh And if they, whoever's still there at the end of one million bottles of beer, they were my real family. Everyone else is a disgrace. That's the worst room. Yeah. Oh my God. That's my plan. Yay. I love the fishbowl. I know. It's great. Getting ready to hit the town. What song are you playing? (laughs) Ooh. Um... Good question. Um, depends on my mood, but anything from PJ Harvey. Ooh. Yeah, yeah I love me some PJ Harvey. To um, Mozart, to um, Lana Del Rey, uh, or uh, Radiohead. I just love, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Any of those people. Excellent. Yeah. I don't go out. Yeah. So. <laughs> I go out way too much, I think, for my age. Um, there it is. Mm. We always wait for the mic bump, and we just got Sorry. yours. It's, no, for <laughs> heaven's sake, it's my favorite part of the show. When was the last time you cried? Mm. Ooh, that's cool. a nice one. Are you a crier? I do like a good cry. <laughs> oh, I just, my wife cried and my mother cried in the last 24 hours oh. for the same reason. Oh. That's what we call a tease. We're going to tell your story oh. first. Um, okay. Wait, does that make the audience like not even want to listen to your story? Should I just bang mine yeah, out so me. that people yeah, can focus say, on say, yours? Say when it hits? Yeah. We're trying to get her a visa yes. and uh, we got an email from the National Visa Center that she cleared that part of the paperwork. So yes. next is the in-person interview. Fantastic. It's Woo-hoo! such a relief. If we had alcohol, like cheers to you. We got tea, the which tea. is, th- yeah. which is, uh, have you ever thought of doing this podcast with wine or I don't drink? Oh, good. Yes. I knew that. I, I reckon I could have now. some, some yeah. wine for the mm. guest if they mm. wanted, but you're in my, I don't even take caffeine anymore. Yeah. I am you're so great. lame. No, I, you're like Jules. Jules is the same. Jules is my husband. Oh, okay. He doesn't okay. drink either. He's been sober for three years, I think. Yeah. Was it like a, a, a hard decision or was it just like a it soft was, decision? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it, yeah. I mean, it's classic musician story. It accumulates, doesn't it? Yeah. It was the, the reason I stopped drinking caffeine is because I drove across the country and then drove back and you just, you Once just you don't do stop. Much, yeah. 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 You just can't stop drinking caffeine when you're yeah. driving 12 hours a day. Right. Cause you nod off. Yeah. Anyway, 
It took, took, I swear, I feel like it took like uh, 10 years off his face. It, yeah, you yeah. get it back. Yeah. You do get it back yeah. when you- Your body when renews. You, yeah. yeah. You know, drinking is, after the day I just had a drink of, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, oh, but drinking does- completely poison your body <laughs> that's what it is yeah. it's, it's not even a metaphor or a slang word for right. it it is specifically designed yeah. as a fermentation right. to blast your body into psychosis and i use this as an excuse and i get in trouble for saying it too but i i am scottish by blood as mm-hmm. in my dad and uh it's just part of our nature to drink. It's not an excuse, but it's just like my dad, when I was younger, if I was having a bad time, he would just give me some whiskey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'd be like... <laughs> this will shut her up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry about your breakup here. Just yeah, down it with yeah. some whiskey. Um, when was the last time you cried, though? Oh, yeah. When I feel was... like you're dodging the issue uh, at no, hand. Um, I, uh, oh, gosh, I can't even remember. I well, feel... don't you live a charmed life? Then? <laughs> I probably cried in a movie. Um, oh, I cried. This is a little embarrassing because it's not that good a movie, but I watched the Freddie Mercury movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. I should get paid for this endorsement, but I won't. Um, but, um, and I, I cried because it's, I mean, it's, you know, should it's I pay you? Yeah, pay me, please. <laughs> um, but um, uh, it's a sad story. I mean, yeah. it is a tragic story and like, it's, ugh, yeah, I cried cause I really sorry to swear again, but like just fucking love Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a masterpiece and it's a very like emotional song. And yeah, you yeah. know, the, uh, uh, there's a point in the movie where they discuss that and show the origin of that song and stuff. And um, people didn't believe in that song at the beginning. It was, it had like intense the criticism. The song is bonkers. Yeah, it's I know. completely it insane. Is. It is bonkers, but it's just mind blowing. And like, you know, and that, that lyric, um, you know, where he's talking about his mother is just, and like, you know, like sometimes he didn't want to be born at all. It's just so, mm-hmm knowing his story and knowing how that all came about is so profound and deeply meaningful. So yeah, I cried in that. I cry in movies a lot. I kind of like it. I think it's my catharsis. I like to watch a good, sad movie. It's like, (laughs) that's how I get my kicks. Yeah. They're fun. What's what's the, what's your favorite movie? Number one with a bullet. Oh my God. Um, I love the English patient. As a movie, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to dig out because I haven't surprised. seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, no, now oh. I have to. I got to check out Chelsea oh. Wolf and The English Patient. And The Tree of Life. Oh, yes, yes. Wait, maybe I did. Do they sit in the desert on a giant rock in The English Patient? Uh, there is a lot of desert in the, in the I've movie. seen The English Patient. It's a romance story. Yeah, 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 yeah I have an, seen it. An illicit it. affair. Yes, it yes. It goes terribly wrong. Yes, I've it's seen The English Patient. Look at me, I'm so close. Oh my gosh, I cried so much. I would cry uh, all over again watching that movie because it's just tragic as hell. You know what movie gets me every time? What? Babe, Pig in the City. Really? Yes. Have you seen it? I feel like probably have. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. If you want to see me uh, break down and cry just like a child. Oh my gosh. That's the one. It'll get me. Books make me cry too. So really? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't feel any. Mm. I, mice I'm, and men. I'm too wrapped up in the fun of it mm. to get to ever emote when I read a book. Like really? I, yeah. Maybe you're just not reading the right books. 
no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. It's just like I, I, I like reading and seeing the craft of the sentences and yeah. kind of trying to feel the world through the author's eyes. Like I'm, I'm mm. too busy meta reading to right. get wrapped up in the, in mm. the. Like I've read Reader's Digest cover to cover and didn't cry once. <laughs> you want to talk about fortitude? <laughs> Not that surprising. That's that was yeah. my joke. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ding out <laughs> of that bit. Uh, okay, let's do this one. How can media makers help create new myths to move humanity forward? This one comes courtesy of Pamela J. Smith at mm. MythWorks.net. Ooh, that is a great question. I'm hoping I understand it. Um, oh, if you want to read it, I was just giving it to the yeah, camera for a minute. Help create new myths. Well, isn't that what you do? Yeah. Like, I that's mean, what Fierce Femme Sounds is, is... Right. is uh, Improving the narrative of women in music. For sure, yeah. Uh, I think that there's multiple ways you can answer this question. One is in the form it takes of like what media is in terms of like, I'm, I guess I'm interpreting it in a way also that's like, uh, what new media can we create? And I think that there will be a time where we live like, interconnected with computers in a, mm -hmm. you know, in a Oh, so you're zooming reality. out, not just like new yeah. movies or songs we can make, oh, but no. new, ex new ways right. to express the human experience right. that we can well, to, create. To me, that word, just myth, myth and mythology is a really loaded word for me. And mm -hmm. like, as someone who loves Greek myths and I have a Greek name, but I'm not Greek, but, um, I just love, um, I think that all good stories are myths and we should be retelling and reinterpreting the human experience as kind of new mythology and creating a new mythology that is rooted in, you know, the origin of, of mythology. And um, that is what all good storytellers do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it, there has to be an element where you feel like you're intimately connected with the medium you are uh, either watching, seeing, uh, you know, listening to, um, you need to feel as close as possible. And how you how you can do that in a way that feels, yeah, intimate and not kind of jagged, you know, um, I think that will be the interesting part of the future as to like how can we make experience, you know, in media something that we live rather than mm -hmm. something that we just watch passively. And I think we're already moving in that direction anyway. So can I jump in for a yes, second with yes. enthusiasm? Yes. Yeah. Um, one, something I think about every now and then is I, I am awful at social media. Like mm -hmm. I cannot do it the mm -hmm. right way. My wife is also a dud when it comes, <laughs> she's awesome in at her art, but she just mm -hmm. can't do social media. Um, I think about like, what about the kids who weren't good at anything else? Like Instagram is recent. Right. Think 50 years ago. There are people who are geniuses at Instagram who 50 years ago wouldn't have been genius at anything. They mm. would have led a mediocre or below life because the thing that they're incredible oh, at yeah. couldn't manifest. Right. So as we get into these new medias that you're... Um, you're, yeah. you know, you're doing the broad strokes on the yeah. kind of like the, the rough sketch, the outline right. sketch of what could be and what might be in the future. There are going to be people whose genius can manifest that have never in the history of our species had yeah. an opportunity sure. to manifest their Absolutely. unique genius. It's so cool. Yeah, it's it like so freaking yeah. neat. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of goes back to that Darwinism that there, there are excellent genes that haven't even been seen yet by the human eye. Like yep. there are traits in us 
that we don't know yeah. are incredible. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. How exciting is that? Right, right. Not to get too abstract, but, you know, there is a concept um, that we, that is out there that has been talked about by people like Elon Musk and uh, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson, but uh, that we're already living in a simulation. And my husband will love that I'm talking about this because he's <laughs> always talking about this, but he's like, I think we're already there and we don't even know it. And like, basically the idea is, yeah, that we are already in the matrix and we don't even know it. We wouldn't know it because the technology is so good that everything feels so real, even though, so how do we ever know? We wouldn't know. Um, you know, the, the core theory, just to bring anyone listening up to speed, the core, like the core concept behind this is that if there was a computer that could run a simulation as real as what we experience day to day, then it's more then there could be a thousand computers right, running mm. these simulations. If mm. they can build one, they could build a thousand or a hundred thousand, mm. meaning that there is a one in a hundred thousand chance that we are actually in the real one and the, yeah. the simulation. And in fact, they could have infinity yeah. simulations running. If they can do one, they could do a hundred thousand. Yeah. If they could do a hundred thousand, they could do right. infinity. So there is a one in infinity chance that the exper- the reality we're experiencing is not, is not the simulation out of this mm. infinity mm sets of computers mm-hmm. by next to each other running the right. simulations. Um, just, just to bring everyone up to speed yes. on the, on the, the probability of uh, simulation, it's a hundred percent. If you approach right. it from that angle, right. I know. Yeah. It is. It's pretty crazy. But again, that kind of brings up the question again in that mm-hmm. we might be living in a media, yeah, literally yeah, yeah, yeah. living in a form of media and or I feel that our connection with media and how we relate to it will become uh, intrinsic to our experience. And, uh, you know, I, I'm also, uh, I went to art school and I, I'm, a, you know, a visual artist uh, as well. And but that sentence is like saying the cars will be intrinsic to our human experience. Yeah. Like we, cars, th- that's not the future. Yeah. Like we already exist we, in a media yes, landscape. Right. I would say more than we exist in a person to person. Yeah. To the, to the degree that's not external to us anymore is what I mean. That it's something that is embodied that we can, uh, this is a term in history of art. My one thing I learned from my master's degree, but the term, uh, phenomenology is basically. That was actually the title of my first rap album. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which I haven't made yet, but... <laughs> phenomenology. Um, what does phenomenology mean? Phenomenology, which is a very hard word to say really fast, is um, basically the the theory that we experience uh, art in the body and it is a sensory experience, that real art is something that touches you on every sense level. So it physically needs to, you need to feel it in your body as much as you need to feel it in your brain and in your heart. So it, I mean, it's a theory, it's just, you know, and it's abstract and it's Now does your, does your emotional response count? Like I look at, I look at books from my childhood. I look at the art inside kids books that, that meant a lot to me as a kid and I get feeling head to toe. Yes. That counts. Like it doesn't, okay. Yes, it's 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 hard to explain it, but you just know it when you feel it. But it's mm-hmm. that it kind of almost feels like an out of body experience where you like your whole body freezes up for a second and you yeah, just yeah. you feel it. In yeah, you your give bones. yourself over to the yeah. emotion. Yeah, it's, completely. Yeah, completely. it's more than just 
seeing something and liking and interacting with it with your brain it's it's like a physical experience so as physical as touching the table it's like something you feel um and so that is the and actually like you know in a lot of ancient art a lot of ancient art had religious purposes and the the purpose was for you to feel in the body like your experience of art like architecture had that experience it had the, the the uh it was a lot of you know religious architecture was built because you would tra- travel through different rooms in a religious building and each room would make you feel something different yeah, yeah. um and basically i find that concept fascinating but i also think that i think as media develops it will become more like that it will become more physical like yeah. it'll become less a screen and something that we embody somehow you know yeah either cyborgs or who knows but (laughs) i'm gonna give you a quick bit of good news that i got recently in the last two months yes and then i'm gonna ding the bell and we'll pull another one but um i discovered uh joan armatrading records Mm. which hit me at that core fundamental level which Mm. was such a relief because i'm oh i'm knocking 40s door Mm. down at Mm. this point Mm. in my life Mm. but i thought like the days of me hearing a song and getting that like when you're a teenager the songs hit you like like hard enough to punch you through a wall right right. i thought that was done in my life like i didn't think i'd get that feeling of like holy shit i have to reevaluate everything i like because i like this so much yes so um huge relief just so (gasps) glad to know that you can still get that late in life yeah well, when was the last time that you had that feeling then? Just in uh, Arcade Fire, Funeral. Oh, cool. The first time I heard that nice. album, I was... Th- and that, like, we're talking yeah. decade plus right. between these moments yeah. of like, holy Interesting. Shit. That's not even yeah. true. There are movies. Mm. Like when, when I saw uh, Fury Road for the first mm. time or mm-hmm. Eternal Sunshine, it made oh, yeah. me Great. rethink like... Th- what is art? What can it be? Yeah. How how yeah. high is the ceiling? Yeah. Is there no ceiling? Yeah. Did I put the ceiling on yeah. the whole thing? Oh my gosh, yeah. I, yeah. And those moments are so invigorating. Right. It's such a relief. Yeah, I agree. Should okay. I take one? Take one, please. Okay. Um, my, uh, my go-to for that is, again, Radiohead. I just can listen to that every day for the whole of my life. I haven't done the deep dive. Ugh. Everybody says they're great. Everybody who likes them says they're great. <laughs> I just... I can't live without them. Um, what animal would you be and why? Um, absolutely a cat. Just boring answer, but mm-hmm. I just love cats. Uh, it, we have. Would friend. you be one of those like regal cats or one of those fuck you cats who does whatever <laughs> they want? No, I think I'd be a sweet cat that just okay. wants love and attention. See, I don't even, yeah. those don't even exist in my brain. Right. They either are regal with their heads up their own asses <laughs> or they're fuck you cats oh, who yeah. stomp over everything. Aww, um, I I'm have, trying to understand cats yeah, better. I'm trying. You haven't met Pippi, but Pippi is a very special little cat because she mm-hmm. is so obsessed with loving people. She just wants love. She's like a little dog. She plays fetch and and she can't sleep alone, really can't be alone. She's super needy. She just wants to be pet or on you in some way. I would play fetch with a cat. Yeah. It's so fun. It's really fun. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. So I'm yeah, going to give Pippi a chance. Yeah. Because I respect you as an artist. <laughs> She's so cute. But if Pippi disappoints, <laughs> we're done. Yeah. We are done. <laughs> she, she's never disappointed. Everybody loves her. Everybody's under her spell. Yeah. And I abstain from answering that question because <laughs> I don't frame my existence in that way. Oh, is this harsh? is this. No, this is a rarity. Ooh. There are, there are very few questions in the yeah. bowl. Like there are uh, hundreds of questions, yeah. however many there are. Yeah. 
I think there are maybe four that were not written by previous guests. Like mm. sometimes I'll have people over for dinner and they'll chuck one in just Ooh. for fun. This is one of those. Wow. So welcome nice. to the fishbowl, Shiz. Explain the craziest thing that happened in your life. Oh my gosh. Wow. Which level of crazy? <laughs> There's so I'm many gonna go crazy. With the crazy you mm. caused. Like lose it, you know, the homeless situation was a lot of outside influences. Sure. But sure. what's like the worst decision you've made that just had a domino effect? Oh my of, gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> of regret. Um and we're gonna close out on this one. I'm not letting you scoop I it back know. up when we're oh done. Oh my gosh. I don't know how oh, that's so hard to answer. Um, Do you want some music? We might have some somewhere. I I don't know how to answer that. I'm kind of crazy. Um, Well, this wasn't, it wasn't wasn't wise, but I wouldn't say it's crazy. But I took myself to Brazil by myself um, when I was like 26, I want to say. And... um, I went around Brazil and uh, I really wasn't prepared for that experience. And that was, uh, I, I, I was fine, but, you know, I was kind of constantly um, stared out, stared at and stared out, <laughs> but stared at for being, uh, you know, a gringo and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but I wouldn't say that's crazy, crazy. I would say it's more uh, it wasn't the best decision. I, I think like things like that, like putting myself in physical danger because of, uh, my curiosity about like exploring the world. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, often it was before it was really for photography and I would just love to just travel down, you know, random pathways and meet people and take their picture or explore life like that, um, through the lens of a camera and, uh, Brazil was one of those things that I did without like much reasoning. Um, yeah. Did your family know where you were? Oh, like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They knew where I was, but I totally, you know, backpacked and, you know, stayed at one point I stayed in a friend. I have a friend in Brazil who's this dancer and she, uh, she's, I, I guess she's still with this guy, but she's with this guy who's a musician and, you know, they're just not very well off. So they live in like one of the slum areas in mm-hmm. Rio and, but, you know, out of choice. I mean, they have like, they could live with their families if they wanted to. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. anyway, um, that was pretty crazy staying with them because I would have to meet her at the bottom of the mountain where we were staying every day to walk up the mountain with her, with her as my basically bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and would be stared at the whole time. And, you know, that was a pretty intense, crazy situation I put myself in. Um, it was fine. Nothing happened, but I'll just never forget like the, like, feeling people's eyes on you, you know what I mean? And, uh, walking around like you don't belong. Um, and I think it's eye opening too, because I think that, you know, well, certainly in England, it's, it's kind of a rite of passage. People, a lot of people go on, uh, gap years and, um, take time off to backpack Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's all well and good and amazing, but we don't take often take time out to think like, why are we going to kind of, experience people who have less than us and and find fascination in it. Yeah. And I find that so bizarre. I mean, Brazil is a f- beautiful country too, but um on the other hand, I just I felt really uh, not at peace with being in this, one of the cities I was at was just 
full of street kids and it was very alarming and disturbing to me and I feel like that a lot of backpackers who were coming through just were so oblivious and didn't seem to care and, and connect to 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 what food was, is so cheap here yeah. you can like, get so fat on the five dollars you know yeah and just like our experience of culture is so yep. material we, we can go and buy it you know yeah, buy a yeah, little yeah. like time in you know southeast asia and like have some fun and like meanwhile like people are really having a hard time in that country and <laughs> yes. um so you know, yeah, I guess maybe that's one of the craziest things I've done, but I'm sure I've done lots of crazy things. So I, I would have to think about that one pretty hard, but that's like something that comes to mind. Yeah. Let's do one more. Okay, cool. And then yeah, I'll let you pick. Cool. Um, I'll go right in and swell it around. Pick a good one. I hope it's good. Feels like Christmas. Oh, I'm not sure I can even read this. Wow. Ooh, this is a political question. Two-part question. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, political? Whoa. What did you... Oh, political, political. political. Okay. What did you think I said? Political. Political. <laughs> like I was trying to think if that was some... <laughs> well, now I'm going to feel a little bit embarrassed because I'm not sure I understand the second... Do, I, I, understand do I have to it. Google the Second Amendment? Yes. <laughs> and actually it's really embarrassing to me because I'm going to apply to be a citizen in four years and I have to know all this American. You know which one it is. No, I know. Second you, Amendment is You guns. know. We love yeah. talking about yeah. that Second Amendment. Right, right, right. Um, but the question is, one, are you pro-gun or anti-gun Second Amendment? Two, what does the Second Amendment say? <laughs> I mean, I'll handle two first. I'm not, I'm not sure the exact wording of what the second amendment says, but I, I, it's the, I know it's the right to bear arms and, uh, or something like that. You want right? a quick? Yes. I was actually pretty close. I've never looked it up before. Huh. A well-regulated m- militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Uh, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, yeah. we get guns. Yeah. Right. Um, Number one, am I pro-gun? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I think I could have guessed where you landed yeah. on the yeah. gun side of the And equation. actually, one of my friends will probably see this and be like, yeah, I remember the night that happened. Um, my husband was stranded in New York City once. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put him up with a friend of mine in New York City at the time. And they went out and had this wild night. And uh, it ended in uh, a huge discussion about guns and Mm -hmm. uh you know he's from canada i'm from england we just don't it's just not something we're we we're party to because it's not what we've grown up with so yeah yeah you know i'll use that as a leverage to being you know that's my part of my rationale about that um my other rationale is just you know obviously the the situation with shootings in schools is just like i can't it's unforgivable and I can't um, distance that from the reality of what that means to own a gun. Um, I will say that I think, I mean, it's not, it's not just me saying it, other people have said it and say it all the time, but it's not the fact of owning the gun that's the problem. The problem is that people have access to those guns who shouldn't. And the people who have access to those guns um, who cause these terrible 
crimes are uh, very mentally unstable and nobody is, uh, you know, checking their background. And it, it's just insanely easy to get a gun. So it, it's not about, well, it is and it isn't, but it's not necessarily about the fact that it's a gun. It's about the fact of the person um, not being uh, in a fit state to have that kind of weapon. I mean, yeah. it's, in, it, it's insanity. Um, and I think that it's so imbued with politics that it's just hard at this point because it's so entrenched in uh, other other areas of American politics that you that seem to be uh, like un it's difficult to untangle, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll say, yeah, that's what, that's what I think about that. Um, You're much more delicate than I am on this. Oh yeah. On this topic. I, well, the, 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 I'm being filmed. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's recorded. It's <laughs> forever. Bonkers. Yeah. Sandy Hook happened. Mm. Sandy Hook happened. Mm. Sandy Hook happened. Mm. Don't yeah. ever, ever forget. None of you, none of you gun owners ever forget that that happened. Mm. And don't try to talk around it. Mm. I am. And that's the light version. Mm. That's the light version from mm. me. And I'm not going to make you sit through the no, rest of it. No, but. I mean, I, I, you know, agree. And, uh, yeah. Just because some fucking piece of paper from 200 years ago says that you can have a gun, mm. that does not preclude mm. insanity. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> we got to get one other. Yeah. We got to get something. Yeah. Get your heads yeah. out of your buttholes, yeah. you head yeah. butthole havers. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Picky. <laughs> I want the good one. Oh, this is a nice one. This is a nice okay. one. And I'm going to give you, we're going to do one in one. Okay. So you have one minute. Oh, okay, cool. To answer this. Sure. And then we're, we're doing the outro music. How's that okay, sound? Cool. That sounds great. All right. One in one. We've threatened this feature before and we're mm -hmm. doing it now. Here it comes. If you weren't in your current field, what would you be doing and would you be happy? Oh my gosh. I would be a nurse or a doctor really yeah yeah that's what i would like to be doing um who's to say if i'd be happy i think i would feel that um very overwhelmed with you know other people's kind of suffering i suppose um but i would at least feel like i was doing something useful I don't think that, I think there's many things you can do in life that are useful, but there's not, the, the immediacy you can get from having helped somebody uh, ease their physical pain is, mm -hmm. is just, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be a party to that if you could? Yeah, got assist, drain yeah. the cyst, march yeah. them on their merry way kind of thing. <laughs> I don't think I've got the brain for that though. That's the thing. I'm not a, I'm not a brainiac. So, Yeah. And that was one and one. Let's Yay. wind it down. Cool. Oh, how soothing. This has been the Hollywood Fishbowl, and I've been your host, <laughs> Jesse Kester. I will continue to be Jesse Kester as long as I live. <laughs> if you liked what you heard, you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.hollywoodfishbowl.com. If the social meds are more your speed, 
You can find us at HWFishbowl on Twitter and Instagram. That was gross. <laughs> this is way louder than I thought it would be. But it is not about us. It is about our guests. Our snick. Where can people find you? Uh, people can find me online at www.arsnk.com. Um, social media, Instagram, ARSNK, with dots in between. <laughs> so complicated. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's too complicated. A.R.S.N.K. But no dot after the K. <laughs> no dot after the K. Uh, How did your manager feel about this handle? I had it before I had her, so okay. it was around. Um, I've been recently thinking of changing my band name, actually, but everything I'm coming up with is equally as complex. So <laughs> I'm not sure it's much progression. But Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. It's a joy Thank to get you. to know you even better. And I can't wait to <clears throat> bump into you again down in West Hollywood yeah, someday. I know. Thank you so much. This has been awesome and weird and wonderful with the extraterrestrial uh, fur cones. You're the one who brought the extraterrestrials into this house, not <laughs> me. They were pine cones till you got here and now yeah, they're aliens. They're shiny too. Anyway, Bye. thank you. Bye.